Hi, welcome to Life at Your Own Will podcast. I'm your host, Will Venus, and this is episode one of series one. If you didn't get a chance to listen to my trailer, you'll find it somewhere. So yeah, hello, welcome. And today I thought I would share with you something that's a massive part of my life and is very important. And I thought it would be quite, quite interesting for some people to listen to. And that's how I became a lace wig maker known internationally. Internationally. That's drunk. I'm not drunk. I don't drink. I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'll maybe talk about that someday. Anyway, getting back to what I was talking about. How I became a wig maker. So, when I, when I started rehearsing this in my mind, I kind of got the thing in my head where it was like, well, it all started in my childhood. It actually did start in my childhood. So... When I was really young, I can't remember what age I was, I saw the film Mrs. Doubtfire starring the wonderfully talented Robin Williams as Mrs. Doubtfire. And as I was watching the film, I thought to myself, because you know that scene where Robin Williams is sat in the chair and it's like a a prosthetics studio and he's surrounded by all these different faces and wigs and different hair colours and costumes and things. And I thought, what are those things? How are they made? And ever since then, I've been completely fascinated by them. And of course, back then, I didn't know that I was autistic. And I was an undiagnosed autistic child because when you're born, you're born with autism. It's not something that you develop. Anyway, I digress. And so, yeah, it started there. And so growing up, I was still completely fascinated when I saw these things on TV and when I saw people wearing them in the street. And really embarrassing my mum when I would point these things out in the street and of course I was a child there was no malice involved but I would never do that these days because uh, that's going to be potentially quite embarrassing to someone and yeah I spent all of my childhood going through school being completely bored because school it did not excite me it did not extend me as a person and going back to the autism thing slightly Um, quite often at the time when you're autistic you have these things called special interests or hyper focus and my focus these days is on wigs I want to know all about them I want to know how they're made where the materials come from who makes the materials etc so you might be thinking well what's the difference between just having a general general hobby and an autistic special interest when you have a hobby it's just that having a general interest like oh yeah I really like that tv show or that musician's really good when you're autistic um say if you like a musician you want to know what instruments they play what influenced their life where their stage name was derived from if they have one uh what their influences were growing up and things or maybe if you're interested in something that I'm completely uninterested in football if you're autistic and your special interest is football, you'll have a set of players that you really like, you want to know where they were born, how they trained, where, you know, whatever else it is to do with football. I'm not okay with football. And so, yeah, that developed into my special interest as an adult. So, my story with Wigs really, it really became more and more present in my life because in... 2016 I was at the height of my alcoholism and I developed a thing called pancreatitis which is an inflammation of the pancreas because of alcohol abuse and so because of that I wasn't able to eat and I was throwing up a lot and then 
I lost a lot of weight and yeah, I went to on just under seven stone. And if you see me now, well, if you want to see what I look like, head over to my YouTube by searching at Wilbiness UK. Yeah, no shameless plug. Uh, and also my hair suffered, a lot of my hair fell out and my hair was always my thing. And as I was recovering and, you know, getting my life back together, getting back to health, my hair wasn't growing back quick enough. And I started to buy wigs and wear wigs. But the wigs that I was buying, they were awful. And I thought, there must be a way that I can find out to make these things. So what I did was I did some research online. There was absolutely no in-person classes in Scotland. That's where I'm based. The nearest in-person classes were in London, and that just wasn't an option for me to travel all the time. Or maybe just like traveled in for the week because I didn't have the money then. Not saying that I'm rich now, but it, it, it just wasn't an option. Yeah. And I thought, I'm never going to be able to do this because I don't know how to make these things. And on... Like I'd made this last ditch attempt because there was something in me that thought, just keep searching, keep searching. And I found these online classes, but the only snag was the teacher. She was based in Las Vegas and I thought, how's this going to work? But it did. So I bought her classes online learn how to develop all my skills as a wig maker, find out where all the hair comes from, where the lace comes from, different materials you can use. I graduated from her training system and that brings me to more recent times. And the more recent times being that I was making these personal pieces just for fun and I was posting them on Instagram and you can search me by searching for at Aphrodite Postiche. And I was getting a lot of unexpected and a lot of positive reactions to this and people kept writing to me saying oh these are wonderful how do you make these you're so talented and I'm like are you talking about me because what I see doesn't quite match what the rest of the world sees almost and I don't know if that's because I did my training in like uh one of the more unconve un unconventional ways or if it's because I've never really been good at anything, but this I can honestly say I'm really good at. Yeah, and so within the last year, I've been making pieces for other people. And when I tell you that it's one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done in life, that is it's just a complete understatement, yeah. Because essentially what I'm able to do is give people a feeling and that feeling is it can be normality it can be confidence it can be their identity and these are all pretty major things in life if you think about it really carefully because I'm being entrusted by someone to make them something that they're going to be wearing on a daily basis well quite often sometimes I make pieces that are one-off wears but the majority of the time I work with hair loss clients and yeah, you're going you're gonna to be making something that they're going to be wearing that's going to give them normality. It's going to give them their, their life back. And for me, that is really special. And it's not often that you can say that you can turn your artistic special interest into your dreams because this is what I have wanted for such a long time. For such a long time. Because, I mean, some people, they say, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a nurse or a vet or I want to be a musician or an actor or something, how often does someone get to say that they get to do what they absolutely love and adore for a living? 
almost never. And so I feel incredibly blessed that I'm able to do that, to be able to say that. Because there's never a day that goes, oh, it's Monday, back to work. There's never a day like that, ever. So that's why I'm always saying to people, what are you interested in? What makes, what makes you tick? What feeds your soul? What piques your interest? What makes you think, I want to do that for a living? That would really extend me or, yeah, I really, I really feel I could be good at that. I always say to that, that to anyone that will listen. A lot of people don't listen, which is fine. But why not chase your dreams if you've got the opportunity to? And yeah, I get it that there might be people that say, well, I don't have those opportunities. Go and find them. If someone shuts the door in your face, find another door to open. Find another way around it. That's what I had to do. And when you get to where you want to be, it's the most incredibly liberating feeling, honestly. But it does come with its downside. Those being that you can't really watch film or television or theatre ever in the same way again because you're constantly thinking, are they wearing a wig? Or you'll be thinking, I know they're wearing a wig. And then someone will ask me, are they wearing a wig? I'll say, yeah, they're wearing a wig. How can you tell? I can just tell. I've got a very, a very well-trained eye. So now you'll be thinking, well, what is it about them that makes them so fascinating to you, Will? What is it? I myself can't specifically pinpoint if there's one specific thing. For me, it's when you see, well, the kind of wigs that I make are made from absolute scratch. They're made using the lace. You mould the lace to the shape of the head, individually tie the hairs into the lace, which is done by threading the hair through these tiny hexagon-shaped holes, doing a knot, and then the wig is formed. It's a bit more complicated than that, but that's essentially what I'm doing. And when you've made something that's entirely made with love and then you see the finished result, it is, for me anyway, it's quite spectacular. Because if you think about it, when you see a film, sorry, when you see a film star or an actor or a singer and they're wearing their wig, maybe you might not, I mean, the average person on the street might not be necessarily aware that someone's wearing a wig, yeah? But I am, because I've got a vested interest in it. And it's like the finishing piece. Like, especially for a character, hair is part of one's identity or part of one's character. It's the finishing piece. And without it, something doesn't look or feel quite right. And I, I don't know, it's almost, it's like they're... The, this is going to make me sound like a complete weirdo, but if being called a weirdo is something... I'm going to have to roll with, that's fine by me. But it's a bit like they're their own entity, in a way. To me, I mean, also as a kid, I was, I was interested in magic. I was always interested in hair. used to put on my granny's crocheted, crocheted blankets on my head and pretend it was a wig, okay? <laughs> yeah. And in my experience, when you put hair and when you put magic together, it makes a wig. And they're just so fascinating to me. So... My question to you is, does your favourite stars wear wigs? Do you know if they wear wigs? Hmm? You'll have to let me know via Instagram or something. Or you can send me an email, which is in the show notes. So that was episode one of series one. 
I thought I would start out these podcasts quite short so that I can kind of gauge how you like casts. I mean, do you like longer podcasts? Do you like short bursts of conversation? Let me know. And of course, I will be back next week with episode two of season one. So please make sure you're following the podcast. I'm going to need as much help as possible to get this off the ground. So if you're watching on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, do leave a review. Leave me some stars. I would love to know. Yeah, get some feedback. Uh, I'm quite nervous about this, but I said a few years ago to continue to do things that scare me. And doing a podcast is one of those things. So try and be kind. And if you have to be critical, be constructive with it. And thank you so much for listening. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Life at Your Own Will with me, Will Venus. Don't forget to tune in next week and I shall speak to you then. But before you go, here's your bit of nonsensical advice. Eyebrows on the wire do not make for good compost. (laughs) I'll speak to you soon, guys. Take care. Bye.